Okay, Daf Kuf Hey. The Mishnah had said that you have to be a Merlech Achra of the Madai, except if it was less than a Shavaputa. It was less than a Shavaputa. If the Karen left, then you don't have to be Merlech Achra of the Madai. Says the Gemara on top of ten lines down. Amar of Papa. That which we said, if you owe him less than a Shavu Pruta, and you make a Shvua, etc., that we said you have to be Madach Achra of the Madai, based on that halacha, that's only if you're not returning the object, returning cash. If you're returning cash, and the cash that you have left to return to him is less than a Shavu Pruta, then you don't have to go bring it to Madai, because it's not considered Maman and all. It's not considered Maman, it's not considered Karen. You don't have this halacha. of If you actually have the Chayfetz, but the part of the Chayfetz that you didn't return is worth less than a Shavu Pruta right now, still Tzorach Lelech Achra. You still have to bring it to him, no matter where you are. Why? Because we're afraid maybe the chayfetz, a little bit you have right now, is not worth less than a shavapruta. But it's not worth a shavapruta, I'm sorry. But maybe it'll go up in price. So what? And before I should explain that we're dealing over here with a carbon question. Okay, we're talking about someone who made a shvua, made a shvua that he, that he didn't have the chayfetz, he was moidus, he has to pay karen chaymish, and he has to bring a carbon ashim. He can't bring the carbon ashim until he pays back the full carrot. So if he keeps this little piece by himself, he says, oh, it's not worth the shavu pruta, I don't care about it. And he goes and brings his carbon, and later on it turns out this little piece that he has actually went up in price. It turns out that his carbon was possible. Yeah, theoretically, you could just say, just wait. Okay, just wait to see. If it goes up in price, then you send it to him. If it doesn't, keep it. But since we're talking about bringing a carbon, the first version of a papa, we're going to have two, two versions of a papa here. The first, the Amir of a papa says that we don't want you to bring the carbon if there's even a chashash that it will turn out that this carbon was not brought properly because you didn't return everything you're supposed to return. And therefore, if you don't have, if you only own cash, cash is never going to change price. And therefore, if it's less than a proof, you don't have to worry about it. But if you actually have the chayfetz, says a papa, we have to worry that it's going to go up in price. So we don't want you to bring your carbon until you hold the of the Monday, even this little piece. We're not worried about it. Now, it's not clear from the Gemara, so if it does go up in price, do you actually have to then send it back? All right, bring in a new carbon, seems we're not going to make you bring. But that, are you going to make you send it back? Or do we say that since right now, when you brought your carbon, did everything, and therefore maybe there's mechila built in? It's not 100% clear from the words of the Gemara that we shouldn't discuss this point. But we definitely allow you to bring your carbon if all you have less left is less than a shavaprut. And this will lead us to an entire series of different questions and shyness on, on, on this type of halacha that jump from topic to topic. Amarava. So you stole three bundles of vegetables, probably, and each one was worth a pruta. So you stole three of them, they're worth three prutas. And now, obviously, you know, we've paskin, so they go down in price. So as we said, many, and now the three together are worth two. So now, theoretically, as we've said many times, as the Gemara is going to bring, you could just give him back. If you still have the chayfetz be'en, you just give it back. Whatever it's worth doesn't make a difference. As we say, you could say, But here, he returns two out of the three. So now when you have turned two out of the three, you've returned more than a shavaprutas worth. Okay, And what you have by left by you is now less than a shavaprutas worth. Still, says Ravah, you have to either give him back the third one, or if you don't have it, you have to give him back money, value of the third one, bishas hagzela. Remember, because when you stole, each one was worth a pruta. So you have to give him back either three prutas or all three pieces of what you stole. 
You can't just walk away and say, well, the last one was less than a pruta. I'm not going to worry about it. You know, you have to pay him back the whole thing. Vitana tuna. And that's exactly the lacha we've learned. Not on both points, but at least on one point of it. We said, you still chametz. And now it's after Pesach. And now the chametz became also no. So what you're returning to him now is absolutely worthless. The lacha is, if you have the chametz be'en, you haven't touched it, you haven't ruined it, you can give it back. But, time of the Isabana, that's only if the chametz is here now. If the chametz is not here now, and therefore, what would Allah be? Even though the chametz is worthless right now, it doesn't matter. Since when you stole it, the chametz was worth something, you'd have to pay him cash, the full value of the chametz. You can't give him the value of the chametz now. Chametz is worth nothing now. Obviously, so if you have an interesting situation, which is, if you pay him back now, the chametz, you're basically paying him back nothing. But the Torah says you can do that. Here's the chayfetz, here's the chayfetz, doesn't matter. But if you're not paying him back the chayfetz, you're paying him back cash, then you see you have to go back and actually pay him the full value. So therefore you see on that point of Rabbah, even though they were worth three, not even though, because they were worth three when you stole them, even though now they went down in price, you, if you want to return the full chayfetz, return it. If not, you're going to have to pay cash. Same thing. That little piece, you're going to have to pay it back. Now, Tysus points out, if you look in the look in the last few lines of the top Tesis, when we did not cut for Huzlu, Mashra says Tesis, the Pshitlaitim Gazal Gimla Gudushava Shte Prutas. What if it didn't go down in price? What if you stole three that were actually worth two to begin with? The Hiksuloi Bez Mehem, the Loi Mechaivla Hachsuloi Ashlishis. Then you wouldn't have to return him the third one. The Chidimei Karbashas Gzela have him a minor, because then. Each one that you stole was not worth the Shavapruta. So therefore, as we'll see in the next Gemara in a second, in this case, you would return two. What you have left by you is less than the Shavapruta. You don't have to return the third one. This would only make sense according to the second Ika, the Amri Adam of Papa, that you don't worry that this third little piece that you have here is going to go up in price. So therefore, if they were actually worth that at the beginning, then you don't have to worry about it. But since over here, when you stole them, they were worth three, and then they went down in price, you always have to make sure you give back Kishasik Zela or the actual Hefes that you have. By Rava, based on that child, another one. Gazel Shtei Agudas Bepruta. Very interesting child. What if you steal two of these bundles, and together, they're worth a pruta. Okay, so you did a maizik zela. You stole a shava pruta's worth of whatever from somebody, and you have to return it. And now you returned one of them. So now you have a very interesting situation. Do I have a shava pruta's worth of your stuff left by me? No. I only stole a pruta. I returned half of it to you. So I don't, all I have left by me is a half. So from my perspective, I don't have anything worth a pruta by me. So I'm done. Or you didn't get a pruta. Now, it's in the previous case, I already did a maisa shava on at least two or one and a half. So I did a maisa shava of shava pruta. So then we can discuss what you do with the last one here. I never did a maisa shava. So from one perspective, I don't have a shava pruta left by me. But from the other's perspective, you never got at least a pruta of what I stole from you. So how do you look at this case? So Hadar Pashta, Surava said, he was Pashat the Shaila, Gzela Enkan, you don't have a Gzela in your hand anymore, and therefore, Hashava Enkan. Says the morning, Gzela Enkan, Hashava Yeshkan. What you mean is, because you don't have a Shava Pruta left in your hand, therefore, you've done everything you need to do. You don't have any more to return. 
So I'm going to This is what he meant to say. Afal pishik zeila ink on the opposite. Even though all you have left by you is less than a shavu pruta, mitzvahs hashava enkan. But lamaisa, you never returned that pruta even. You never returned even a full pruta. You only returned a half a pruta. And therefore you have not been mekayim your mitzvahs hashava. Taisus says, Nira deloi boi le mifshet el deloi ma'akev mitzvahs hashava. But o mitzvahs hashava... Mia loy kayim. Lamaisa, you weren't makayim the mitzvah shavah. Maybe it's not ma'akiv, because you don't have a shavah pruta that's left to return. But Lamaisa, you weren't makayim the mitzvah. So the Rishonim discuss if giving it back now, this half pruta now is going to help or not help. Are you going to be makayim because Lamaisa, you're not giving a pruta's worth? Debatable in the Rishonim whether you're actually going to return it here or not. So the chatchilu, the best way to do it, of course, is you do the ma'isa shavah the whole thing look at the beginning, then you've given the full pruta and you've been makayim your mitzvah shavah. Here you only gave half. And all you have, and you're splitting it up, then you're going to get yourself in trouble, possibly in a situation that you cannot even fix anymore, and you're just left with this avera floating over your head. If you stole half a pruta, you them both back together. You stole another half a pruta, yeah. maybe. Okay. Vyama Rava. Rava says, based on that type of shaila, I could take this to other halachas and shas and end up in a very similar situation. Hare amru nazir shigilech. We know a nazir is supposed to shave off all the hair on his body when he comes to retire. Vishayr shtei sairus layasav laikulum. If he leaves over two hairs anywhere on his body, he's not been mekayim his mitzvah skiluach. And if he doesn't have any hair at all, let's say a nazir only has one hair, also he's not mekayim mitzvah skiluach. Okay, so the minimum number of hairs that you need to be considered a maisa giluach by a nazir is two. Okay, so therefore, says Rabbah, what about the following Shiloh? By Rabbah, you left over two hairs. So you're not going to have mitzvah giluach. According to the Taisa says, according to some shittas in the Gemara, in nazir, you're not allowed to bring your carbon. Other shittas say, you could bring your carbons and get out of this, but lamaisa, you aren't making the mitzvah. So what about the following Shiloh, which is similar to our previous question? By Rabbah, gilach achas v'nishra achas mal. You go to cut off those extra two hairs. You cut off the first one. So when you went to cut off that first hair, hair number one, there were two hairs left. So that would have been a maizah You cut off the first one, and now the second one falls off. And you never actually cut it off yourself. It just fell out by itself. How do you look at this? So Mao, so do we look at this and say, when you went to cut off the two hairs, there were two hairs there, therefore this was a maizah Or do you say, no, the maizah, you only cut off one. The second one, fell off by itself, was Nishra. And if you never did a cutting on two hairs. So the similar shayat we had by the case of the, ga- the Gazan and the Nigz on the previous shayat of Rava. Which perspective do we look at it from? Do we look at the perspective of the war two hairs and you went to cut them and it was a mice or not? So I'm a layer of Achimidifti Ravina. She says, I don't, this shayat I don't get. Nazir shigilech achas achas kamibay le Rava. Every Nazir, no matter how many hairs they have on their body when they come to shave off, you cut off one hair at a time, maybe one at a time, a bunch at a time, but you're always doing it, you're not dipping yourself in some kind of, you know, acid that's going to burn off all the hairs at once, right? Obviously, that's not even Mekayim the Mitzvah. The Mitzvah is to do it Petar. If the Mitzvah is to do it Petar, you have to do it a little bit at a time. That's the definition of doing it. So so he says that so that wouldn't be so that wouldn't be a shaila at all. Of course, when you go to cut off two hairs, as long as both of them are there when you go to cut them off, even if when you cut off one, the second one falls off, that's fine. Because you were never going to cut both of them off at the same time anyways. You're going to cut off one and then cut off the second one. When you cut off the first one, there was a maisigilua because you had two hairs. The fact that one of them fell off afterwards does not mock it. That should be no problem. So I'm going to let you right. Let's read it on the opposite. Going to Nishra Achasman Begilach Achasman. What about the opposite case? You had two. You go to cut off the two. And before you cut off any of them, one of them now falls off. So you're about to start the Maisigilach and now one of the hairs falls off. And now you're left with one. 
So how do you look at that? When you go to cut off that last hair, there's only one left. If there's only one left, that's not a mitzvah skiluach. And then you're going to have to wait until your hair grows back, at least two hairs, to be able to make the mitzvah. And therefore, So how do you look at this? He was patient with the same vert, with the same nusach. There's no hair, there's no giluach. What do you mean? In Sar Enkan, Giluach Yeshkan, Hafuch. Like we just asked. If there's no hairs, then you've done your mitzvah. So no hachi kamer. Afa pisha Sar Enkan, but mitzvah Giluach Enkan. Lamaisi, you didn't do a mitzvah Giluach, because when you went to cut that last hair, there was only one. There was never two, because one of them had fallen off. And therefore, you're not going to be Makai Mitzvah Giluach. And again, according to what Taisu said, either therefore you're stuck and you have to wait for them to grow back, or if you don't hold like that man the Amar, then at least you weren't Makai Lachatchili or Mitzvah Giluach the way you're supposed to. Can you let it grow back or not? Wait till we get to Gnazar again. Amarava, another similar case. If you have a mace in a room, so a mace is Okay, if the room is sealed, so the, the tumma stays in the room. If there's a hole in the wall, to the room next door, the room above, so the tumma goes through the hole into the next room. If you take a kli, a kli cheres, and you stuff up the hole, so, a kli cheres is not metame me'achora, it's only metame me'gavo. So, if the back side of the kli is facing into the room where the mace is, that keeps the tumor from going into the next room. What if that kli has a hole in it? How big of a hole? So, we have the Gemara and Shabbos discusses different types of kelim that have different types of usage, what the size of the hole would be to make that hole considered a proper hole. Okay. So, you have a hole in such a kli. That's that's in a kli that's trying to be chaitz, it's between two rooms. That's the way Rashi explains the sugyo. If you stuff it up with dregs, something like wet and moist, that fills up the hole very nicely, so then hitzilua. So that makes a proper seal, and now it's considered a, a, pro, a proper kli that doesn't have a hole, and the tumor does not transfer from room to room. Similar shayla. Let's say the hole was the size of a rimon. Okay, we're talking about a kli that's used for rimonim. So you have a pomegranate, so you have a big hole. Okay, so instead of sealing up the entire hole, I seal up half the hole. Now, if lechatchila the hole was only a half the size of a rimon, it was a rimon type of kli that you used for, it would not be a problem, because then the, that's not considered a hole in the kli, and the kli would be chaitzis. Now it was that size, but I closed up half of it. How do we look at that same similar question? I've gone halfway. How do we look at this? So, I have chatzimau. I'm learning. I'm learning Rashi. I don't understand. Lav b'shaseni uzu. Lachar. This is the Mishnah in Masech Deskelim. This nan chavash nikva v'stemua shmarim, and you clear it, and you fill up the hole with dregs. Itzilua. That covers it up. Pakakul b'zmura. If it wasn't with wet dregs and junk from the bottom of the kli, but it was actually like a, a, a piece of hay or something like that, a chunk of hay or wool or something that you stuffed into the hole. So then, since that doesn't fill up the hole totally because it's not wet or anything, you have to smear it with some mud or something like that to make it to make it closed off good. If you put two sticks into it, you have to put mud or whatever it is around it. And you have to fill up the little cracks in between it. So what do you see? You see that even though the hole was the size of a, rim, a pomegranate, a rimon, and you put a bunch of twigs in it, it's not good until you smear it with mud. So you see that half a hole is still going to be a problem. Only if you smear it, that should be no worse than if you made the hole smaller. As long as the hole is smaller, Rav had a tzad to say that would be okay. Here you made it smaller. So why does the Mishnah and Kalim say you have to put on mud? You see that half a hole still counts. Once you had the hole, you have to close the whole thing up. 
Some are love dafka. Amri hachiyash. That's not more from that mishnah. Hasam iloy marech loy koi. Over there, the issue was not the size of the hole. Over there, the issue was if you just put a piece of wood or a piece of wool or something or cotton in it, it's not going to stay. And therefore, the purpose of the mud that you're putting on it is more as a glue to hold it there, not a question of whole size of the hole. But maybe if you close up the hole with actual mud or cement or something like that, maybe that would be good and you don't have to fill up the rest of the hole. So in this shayla, rubber is not pushing, rubber leaves as a shayla. Yamarav, another shayla. Harry Amru, we just mentioned before. If you steal chametz and you want to return it, so the Allah is, as long as you have the chametz intact, even though after Pesach now this chametz is totally worth zero, it's Asr Ba'na, the chametz has no value whatsoever, and it's not Kishas Exhale, but the chametz is Be'en, if the chametz is Be'en, you can return it as the way it is. So this leads us to a fascinating shayla based on the Gemara we had over the last few days. We talked about a Gemara over the last few days about a Shvua, that if you make a Shvua, that you don't own so owe something, whatever the source of the owing of the money was, doesn't matter. If you make a sure that you don't owe the money, and then it turns out you lied, and you are maida, so you have to pay care of a chaymish, and you have to bring a karbanasha. But we said that's only if what you're swearing on is worth a shavapruta. Here, what you're swearing on is asr bahana. So it's sort of worth the Shavapruta, because when you stole it, it was worth the Shavapruta. And when you return this chayf, it's the way it is, you're going to be putter from paying for the money. Let's say the, the loaf of bread was worth 50 shekel. You stole a bunch of bread, it was a 50 shekel of bread. So now it's after Pesach, you really owe the nigzal 50 shekel. Elamai, you can go ahead and return this Asr Hana bread, because Allah If you don't have the bread, you'd have to pay him 50 shekel. So how do we look at this? If you made a shvua now that you don't have the bread, do we look at it as you're making a shvua on 50 shekel? Or do we look at it as you're making a shvua on something that's also by none who's absolutely worthless? To you, it is actually worth something. This is like a davar gram lamama, which we've discussed. And that's the Mars point. By Robert. Nishba alav ma'u. If you make a shvua that you don't have this bread, so you, like a regular case of dinah, of v'kichesh. Ma'u. Mi'amrin achim indi mignav. If it was stolen from you, or got lost, or whatever it is, and you'd have to pay back the money. You'd have to pay back the 50 shekel to the original owner. So So the bread, even though it's technically asabana, but to you it's worth something, and therefore your shvua was on something that's worth money. It's here. Vafar biyamu. And it's just dirt. It's worth nothing. You're not being, making a shvu on something that's worth money because re, to the rest of the world, it's not worth money. To you, it sort of is worth money because it is helping you. To you, it's worth 50 shekel, right? To you, this chametz that's also by is worth 50 shekel because without it, you're going to have to pay him cash 50 shekel. So that was Rabbi Shaila. Milsa the boy led Rabbi. Pshita led Rabbi. Dama Rabbi. Rabbi said the following: Alocho Shari Ganavto. A man Reuben accuses Shimon of stealing his shor. Vuaymer loy Ganavti. He says I didn't steal any shor. What are you talking about? Mativ what's up? What do you mean? I see it in your backyard. So he says no, no, no. I didn't steal it from your shemachina, my love. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, the animal's there, but I didn't steal it. You made me a shemachina, and I'm watching it for you. And he makes a shvua. So chayiv. He's going to be chayev. Now why? What is he making a shvua? He's not making a shvua. He doesn't have the animal. The animal's there. He's making a shvua that he didn't steal it. Rather, he's watching it. It turns out, and then he's maida that he lied. Was that a kfira of mummy? Says the Gemara, By swearing that he's a shemrechinam, if the animal gets stolen from him, he's not going to have to pay it back. Whereas if he was really a gazlan on it, if the animal gets stolen from him, he will have to pay it back. So therefore, he made a shvua that 
might save him money. So you see, Rabbah holds a shvu on something that might save you money is considered money. Same halacha, next halacha. Shemesachar and I wasn't a shemekinim, I was a shemesachar. And you swear and, you're, and then you admit that you're a liar, still you're going to be chayev. Shemesachar, maybe shvu or a mesa. If an oinus, ha- right, the oinus happens as a shemesachar, you're going to be potter. If an oinus happens as a gazlin, you're going to be chayev. So you're saving yourself that potential risk. Shail and Even if you say you're a shail, in which case you're admitting that you're chayev in anything, Einstein, still you're going to be chayev on a shvua. If when you're working with the animal, it dies as a shayel, you're potter. If you're working with the animal and it dies as a gazlin, you're chayev. So even then, almost, says the Gemara, what do we see from all these halachas of Rabbah? Since the animal, even though the animal is here, even the mignad, if it was stolen from him and he didn't have it available, it's considered money. And therefore, it's considered money right now. And when he makes a shvuan, it's like he's making a shvuan, something that's worth a shavah pruta. Here for our case of Chamas Pesach, even though right now it's not worth anything, since if it was stolen from him, he'd have to pay back the 50 shekel cash. Therefore, that is considered making a shvua on something that's worth money. And if you make such a shvua on your money, you'd have to pay Karen Chemish Riyash. Yosef Rabba should be Yosef Rabba Bekamala Shmaitza. See, I said over the Shtikl Torah that since it could be worth money, that's enough to make it a Shvua and Yechayv Karen Chaymishriyosh. Eisve Ramram Le Rabba Sir Ramram asked the following Shiloh, the, pos- the following Kasha. The Posik says, the Posik we've been quoting, right? Ve'onmatza Veda Ve'kicheshba Ve'nishba Lasheker Alachis Bikala Sheyasa Adam. That was the Posik that teaches you that you can be Chayv to Karen Chaymishriyosh. Ve'kicheshba says the Brisa. Melam Prat Lamaida Be'ikar. If you don't deny the Chayfets, you would moida to the Iker thing that you're moida that the Chayfets that you have is not yours, but you deny some aspect of it. Then you're not going to be chayv karen chayv shriyasha. Kate, and the Bryce explains. Shari ganafti, you stole my show of warmer leg ganafti. No, no, I didn't steal it. Mativu etzlach, what is it doing by you? Ata mechartili, you sold it to me. Ata nesati matoni, you gave it to me as a present. Avicha machrili, your father sold it to me. Avicha nasi matoni, your father gave it to me as a present. Achar parasi rots me elav. I didn't steal it. Right? You can have all these excuses. Right? A nice little whole list of excuses. What your animal is doing by me? Okay. Ata, I was I was walking my animal home, and your animal just followed along. Me elav. But see, toya baderech matzas. If I found it wandering outside, okay, or Shemachiman you love, I didn't really steal it. I would you asked me to watch it for you. Shemasakhar you love, you paid me to watch it for you. Shailiv, I just borrowed it. And all these excuses, he's being made to be ikr. We'll go through each one. Why is he being made in the first cases of Maikhali? He's not Khairi being made to be ikr, because I'm saying I want to keep it. Tomorrow we'll explain that in a second. But we see in this price, if Inish Bahida, Yachal Yuachayev, the price is you would think. You're going to be chayiv tamalamer vekichishba. Only if you deny it that it that you deny that it's his at all. So you see from this price exactly not like what Rabbi and Rava just said. You see that since the chayfitz right now he's willing to give it back. The fact that he might have saved it in some situations is not called a shvuas moment. Amalei tadura Rashi says ain leiv. Like you weren't paying attention, you didn't have a good answer. There's a difference. The question is, after I say that there's a reason why I have the animal, am I keeping the animal now and still not returning it to you? Or am I doing helech? Helech means, and therefore take it now. If I say take it now, 
So then there's there's no shvuah, right? The whole idea of the shvuah that might be worth money is because if I was a shomer chinam, I'd be potter in gnei veda. If I was a gazlan, I'd be chaver in gnei veda. That's only if I'm keeping the animal by me. If I say heilech and I say he says shari ganafta, he says I didn't steal it. What's it doing by you? A hundred real different excuses why it's by me. Whatever the reason it's by me, take it now. So if I say take it now, then the shvua is not making a shvua on anything. Because either way, I'm giving it right back to you right now. The shvua is on nothing. But if I still keep the animal by me, the, and I make a shvua on it, then in a the shvua has an effect. And if the shvua has an effect, it could have a monetary uh, effect on things. Then taka would be a shvua that should be chayv kerem chamesh v'yosheh. and the kamen We're talking about a case where it was ba'aga, meaning the animal wasn't here right now. If the animal wasn't here right now, so I couldn't give it back to you. If I couldn't give it back to you, then my denial of giving it back to you depends why. Because I'm a gazlan, I swear that I'm a shemechinim, it turns out I'm a liar, then I would have to pay you money. So well, let's go, go through those cases. Some of those excuses don't seem to make any sense. The whole purpose of the excuses were that there's a legitimate reason why I have it now, but I'm going to give it back to you. Because the whole purpose was heilach. So if you tell me that you sold it to me, my might be ikarika. So I'm not made of anything. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I didn't steal it, and I'm claiming there's a legitimate reason why I have it, but I'm not giving it back to you. So no, there is. Yes, you sold it to me. I'm sorry I didn't pay you. I, was, you know, I thought I was going to get the money next week. I don't have the money. I'm willing to give the animal back to you. Take it. So it's not atamachartali, and therefore I'm keeping it. It's atamachartali, and you're right. I forgot to pay, or I didn't pay, and I don't have the money. Take the animal back. So that's also a case of halach. But when you say that you got it as a present, or your father gave it to me as a present, so why are you returning it? So my there's no mudbaker. No, you gave it to me as a bribe, right? I should do some political thing for you. Who knows what? I didn't do it. So take it back. I'll just make an example. But you gave it to me for a reason, and that reason never came to came to fruition. So take it back. What about that case? Where I said the animal was walking around, right? And it came in. So let me buy the chladurali. So I don't say, what kind of excuse is that? There's a lacha of Hashavasaveda. When you took my animal wandering the street, why don't you bring it back to me? Why is it in your backyard? The shvua was, I found it, but I didn't know it was yours. And then, and then he's mind that, no, I didn't know it was yours, and I actually stole it. Okay, but the shul was, you're right, of course I should have returned it. I just didn't know it was yours. I didn't see the, you know, the branding on it on the bottom that said your name or your farm name or whatever it is. And therefore, in all these cases, it was a case of Halech, where he was clearly claiming that I'm willing to give it back to you right now. Okay, if you give it back to you right now, then the shul was on nothing. In the previous cases, he was not giving it back to me now. The animal was somewhere else. If you're not giving it back to me right now, then for the next two hours till you get the animal, are you a Shemachinam or are you a Ganif? There's a very big financial difference between a Shemachinam and a Ganif and therefore if you make a Shvu on that, it would be considered a Shvu on Maman and you'd have to pay back. Tanya, the more switches gears now and to- totally different Allah. Amr Benazai, Gimel Shvu there's a different type of shvua over here. We're talking over here about a shvua's edus. Till now we've been talking about a shvua's pikadon. We deny a pikadon, etc. Now we're talking about a shvua's edus. Shvua's edus is, I claim that you know something. I lost an object. I claim that you know where it is. And I make a, I bring you to Bezid and say, make a shvua. Make a shvua that you, you, either you know where the chafetz is, you don't know where the chafetz is. If you lie about such a shvua, that's a shvua say this, and I make, Bezid makes you make a shvua, and you say, amen, so you're going to be chayv as a shvua say this. That only is true if your aidus would have been useful to me. If your aidus would not have been useful to me, 
then it's not going to be, then it's nothing. Then you've lied, but you're not going to be a carbon on such a shvua. Okay. Over here, I accuse a single aid of knowing something. Now, a single aid is not really going to be very useful to me. Right? A single aid is not something that I can bring to Bezdin. A single aid who comes to Bezdin is only going to be Mikhaev, the person I'm accusing, a shvua. If that person makes the shvua, I got nothing. If that person does not make the shvua because he's afraid of the aid, then I will be able to collect my money. So again, a similar situation where I have a situation where I'm sort of able to use this aid, but maybe not necessarily. So he says, Gimel Shvosin. There are three situations where this could be applicable. If I say to someone, Hikr you saw my animal, you did see it. Maybe you don't know exactly who found it, but I know you, you denied that you saw my animal at all. And I know that's not true. Make me a Shvua that, that you didn't see it at all, but I think that you did see it. But you don't know who found it. Or you know someone found an animal, you're just not sure if it was my animal. Or or you don't even see anything about my animal. So that makes no sense. If, if, it never, if it turned out he didn't know anything, so of course he was swearing truthfully. He doesn't know any of this. Or a case where he obviously knows exactly where my animal is and exactly who found it. So what does this Shua mean? In this case... If he makes such a shvua and he turns out he's a liar, he's not going to have to bring a carbon for shvua se'edus. Because it's a single aid. And a single aid is not making, is not useful to me. If it's not useful to me, his shvua se'edus doesn't count. Shmuel says, no. Even a single aid is somewhat useful to me. And therefore, if he lies about this in Bezdin, he's going to have to bring a carbon shvua. If you make a single aid make you a shvua, and then it turns out he lied. What's the machlaik? Is my kemifigi? Similar to what we had before. It's not a direct issue of money. It's a dover hagarim the moment. Because if this single aid comes to Bezdin and testifies on my behalf, that Ruvain maybe has my animal, Ruvain has two choices. Ruvain can either give me back my animal, or Ruvain can make a shvua. Right? An aid is only mechaiv a shvua. Ruvain makes a shvua, Ruvain's putter. So Labdafka is the aid definitely being, by lying, he's not necessarily causing me a loss of mammon, but it's a dover hagarim the mammon. It might get there, and therefore that's based on the chalik's we had earlier, the mesechta many times, Rav Shimon, etc. So if you're a dover hagarim the mammon, then the aid is worth something. The marshal of then the other one says, no, the aid is nothing, because that single aid is lavdafka, going to get you anywhere, and therefore it doesn't count. Nusigim. We talked very clearly for the last few days that if I say you stole something from me or you have it, or even if you have it legitimately, I lent you money, I lent you my animal, and you come to Bezden, I say give it back to me, and you swear you don't have it. So it was very clear from the Pesukim, you become like a Gazlan now, and you become like a Gazlan now after you swear, you have to pay me back a care, and you admit, you have to pay care in Vechemish, and you have to bring a Karbonashim. Okay. What about at the Shaskfira itself? Before you actually made a Shvua, before you actually made a Shvua, you denied having my object, is that itself considered a Maisek Zela? Make a difference whether you're going to be Chayven Einstein. It will make a difference whether it's, whether you pay Kishas Zela. When is the Maisek Zela? So when is the actual Maisek Zela? Is the Maisek Zela... Now, remember here, it's a very strange kind of Maisek Zela over here. Normally, a Maisek Zela requires a Kenyan. I pick up the chayfets, I take it to my house, I put it into my chatzar. Here, we don't seem to care where the animal is. You are watching my animal, and then I come to you and say, hey, give me back my animal, and you say, I don't have an animal. At that moment when you say, I don't have an animal, says of Sheshis, you become a gazla now. There's a new type of maizik zela. It's a maizik zela bedibur bialma. I didn't make any kinyan on the animal. I didn't bring the animal to my chatzar. Just by denying that you have it, you become a gazla and you're chayvenites. 
Tanatuna. I can bring you a rife in the Zabraisa. It says, Vikishba, Lamadu Oynish. We see by Kikeshba the Pasik. The Gmar is dashed in the Pasik that we've been quoting. Pasik says, read it carefully. Then it says, The Gmar is focusing on it, says, why it says Vikishba Vinishba. It's Mashma, the Vikishba and Nishba are two separate things. And there's a kichishba aspect of this, and there's a shvua aspect of it. Yes, with a shvua, you're going to be chayv karim But maybe the kichishba itself makes you chayv. And the Bryce says, the kichishba, lamadu einish. Obviously, you have to give back the gzela, just on the kichishba itself. Asarmi nain, is there a love that you over on just the kichishba? Says the Bryce, yes. Tamalara, loisa kashikashu. It says in Pashas Kedoshim, you're not allowed to deny having something. So it's a love. It's a, it's a, the punishment is just on the kichish itself. My love, this is just on the einish moment, even without making a shvua. Maybe this brisa is talking about the shvua part. When you make a shvua and you make kichish, then you have But just the kichish by itself, maybe it's not a maizig zela. So it can't be. I'm a dictatory. Safe. It says in the end of the brayse of Yishtaba. The next F in the brayse we'll see in a second. It's talking about a case where we made a shvua. Michal the reisha, the loyishtaba. Smash with the reisha. We're talking about kikhishba is even without a shvua. Dictatory. Safe. V'nishba la sheker lamadu einish. We see you. You have to pay karen chaymish riyashim. As harminayin. What's the lav in the Torah when you swear? Tamalamer loyse shakru. What it says in Pashas Kedoshim. So you see, when we the safe of the yishtaba, reisha the loyishtaba. Look here. The context of the brayse is the first. The reisha is. Just the kichish by itself would add a shvua is already a meisig zela, and there's a, a further meisig zela that you're going to be chayiv karem if you do it b'shvua. But both of them are true. So my ami no, I divided the shtaba. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe kichish is not a meisig zela. They're both talking about we made a shvua. Kan shahoyde, kan It depends how you were caught. Were you caught with edim or were you caught by big moider? Also edim chayiv yoyinsin. If edim came, then you're just a regular gazlan. You chayiv yoyinsin. You have to pay kishas tzela. That's the first halacha of a kichish. Ayude yade when you're moider, as we said, we learned it out from gazal ger. Then chayiv kaim chayiv mishviyashim. So there's two types of chiyuvim, but they're both maybe only b'shvur. How do we see that even without making shvur, the actual denial makes you chayiv? We have a law like this. Normally, how do you make a shvua? I accuse you of owing you money. You have to make a shvua to be putter. I don't make a shvua to take your money. You make a shvua to be putter for the money when you have an eidechah or a mitzvah, whatever the case is. What if the person I'm accusing is someone who Bezdin will not allow him to make a shvua? Bezdin assumes this person doesn't keep dina shvua. So then the law is we flip the shvua onto the accuser and you can make a shvua to take the money. So what is the case though? If we think he's lied in a case of Shvos Eidos, or Echad Shvos Epikadon, he lied in a case of Shvos Epikadon, that feels for Shvos Shav, he's not lied, even not a monetary Shvos, any type of Shvos, fine. Vemisa Bekfiru Difsele. What do you mean he's Chayid, that he becomes a Choshud from swearing falsely by Shvos Epikadon? The moment he was Vekichesh, according to what, according to what Shesha said, he becomes a Ganif. Ganif or Gazlan. If he's a Gazlan, then already he's possible for, for making any shvua. It's mashup in this brisa that only the shvua makes you a gazlan. The kichesh by itself does not make you a gazlan. No, Amri and the koi ba'agam. Could be we're talking about this. even if sheishu says vekichesh is exhale, It depends on the nature of the vekichesh. If I come to you, I say, "Where's that animal that I gave to you?" And you say, "I don't have any animal. I don't know what you're talking about." Now I see the animal is right there in front of you. So then you're vekichesh. You're a gazlan. 
But if the animal's not here, and the animal's out in the wilderness, whatever, it went to pasture, it's ba'agam, the lav kfiru. Then the fact that you say you don't have it is not necessarily a maizig zela. Why? The savish tamitle, I'm just de- wait, delaying time. I'm waiting time till I can go get it. So the, a kfir itself depends why you're kaifer. If you're kaifer because you want to keep it, because you could give it back right now and you don't, that's a maizig zela. But if I have a just kaifer because it's not available to me right now, I, I, it's going to take me two hours to get it. If I tell him that I, it's, I, it's out in the agam, he's going to get angry at me. So I deny it for the meantime, and then I'm going to go get it later. That and chanami, that's not a maizig zela. And if you did that, you wouldn't be a chashad al Because it's not that you're trying to steal, you're just trying to buy some time. And that's okay. And we see that. Teda, damar vidibarav, and a kaifer malve. Malve means the guy gave you cash. When he comes to give you, ask you back for the money, obviously you don't have the cash, right? Cash was spent already. So when you deny that, Labdafka, you're stealing from him. You're just trying to waste time, delay time, so you can go get cash from somebody else. But because that you have here in front of you, then you're going to be possibly those. Because then why aren't you giving it back? So it says of Sheshis, and we're sticking with Sheshis now, we'll see more about it tomorrow, that just the Maisek fear on self, on something that you could give back, is itself a Maisek Zela, and the, you're going to be over a lav in the Torah, you're going to be chayv in Einstein, and you're going to be possible for Edis, even without making a shul. I'll stop here, we'll pick up tomorrow.